Welcome into the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers. Joining me this morning is one of the dozen of candidates running for the mayor of Colorado Springs. And of course, that's not really in jest. There are 12 official candidates talking with uh, Lojinos Gonzalez. Welcome into KRDO News Radio. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on today. Perfect. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, really who Lojinos Gonzalez is and some of your background. Sure. Well, thanks. Uh, so I, I like to tell people, I, I honestly truly believe I, I think I've, I'm living the American dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were farm labor immigrants uh, that came uh, from Mexico, uh, settled in Central California where I was raised. Uh, and my mom and dad, they, they really emphasized hard work, education uh, to, uh, to advance in life. And so uh, I took that to heart. Uh, worked really hard in school and, and very proud to have earned an, uh, an appointment to the Air Force Academy. Uh, so that's how I got to learn about Colorado Springs. So I uh, came to school here for my college education for uh, uh, commissioning to the Air Force. Love the area. Uh, I, I served a, a commission in 92, and then I served in the Air Force as an intelligence officer. Uh, I retired in 2012 as a lieutenant colonel uh, from the Air Force. Uh, worked intelligence across the, the country and across the world. Uh, did a couple of deployments to the Middle East. Uh, did some deployments down to Latin America because I do speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, one of the things I, I do have a, a strong background in is working with law enforcement mm-hmm. um, because I was doing some counter-drug work uh, down in uh, Latin America uh, for several years and on uh, multiple assignments. Uh, and so I have that strong background in law enforcement as well and working side-by-side them. Uh, and then I always talk about the, the highlight to my military career when I was down in uh, uh, South America. Uh, one of the things we did when I was the uh, chief of intelligence at the uh, one of the embassies is that they had a uh, – uh, we had American hostages uh, down there. The insurgent group had them for over five years, uh, and working alongside with our uh, – host nation uh, military, they came, uh, they, they set up an operation. Uh, we supported it uh, peripherally uh, with intelligence support, rescued the three American hostages uh, and 12 additional Colombian hostages. And so uh, uh, seeing American hostages uh, return back to the United States was a proud moment. And, uh, and that happened on the uh, 2nd of July of, uh, of 08. And so two days later, 4th of July, uh, just an amazing celebration, uh, patriotism seeing that. And uh, so I came back here to uh, Colorado Springs because I love the area after I retired from uh, Texas in uh, my military career. Uh, worked a little bit at North Com- uh, Northern Command, uh, and then I wanted to give back to my community. So I became a middle school teacher. I uh, was down at Carmel Middle School in the South Side District 2 uh, teaching, and then I ran and uh, was elected as a county commissioner where I've been serving our community for the last six years, and I'm proud of all the hard work I've been doing on behalf of our community. Yeah, and with that, you know, kind of resume, seeing, you know, that uh, that service to others and service to the public, kind of that big thread right now, you know, what, what have you seen as far as uh, kind of those – you know, similarities as far as your service in uniform, as well as uh, your time as a teacher here, and then now your current role on the El Paso County Commission. Sure. It's, it's always having to do that that work, that extra work on behalf of the community and behalf of your coworkers and, and behalf of those that, that are in need. Uh, mm-hmm. So we saw that as military community, saw that as a teaching community where, where you're working hard to help that next generation to help those students become that next adult who's going to be the next leader of our community uh, and helping them to advance to that same level uh, the same way my parents and my, my community helped me uh, when I was, you know, uh, a youth getting 
into Air Force Academy and then giving back. I want to pass that along to the next generation as well and see how they, uh, you know, bring them up and with us. And so I want to be a voice for that community. Uh, I continue to do that. I'm also a Sunday school teacher and lecturer at my church. And so, again, I've just always uh, tried to volunteer and, and that's transitioned to other things. Uh, on top of my county commissioner duties, uh, I am, I'm on other boards, uh, State Board of Veteran Affairs, Board of CASA, uh, a Senior Center, uh, because I think it's the right thing to do to help our community. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking with uh, the different candidates as well, we know uh, this will be a four-year term. What are some other things that uh, you think we should know about uh, Lojinas Gonzalez, you know, kind of that person, kind of the man behind the resume as well, get to know you a little bit more since we will have more of a long-term relationship with you? Uh, sure. In terms of things uh, people uh, may not know, uh, you know, I, I love to play sports. I was a, a tennis player in high school. Uh, still try to do that every now and then. Uh, took up art during, uh, we all recall the the COVID uh, uh, restrictions yeah. where we had to stay home uh, for uh, many months. And so I uh, ended up uh, uh, doing some uh, learning how to paint uh, and uh, have actually been in a couple of art shows. And so a little bit of uh, just the background there. So I've gotten to do some things there, but uh, I've still uh, been strengthening all the things I can do for our community and volunteering uh, at other boards and commissions and, uh, and doing what I can as well. But uh, those kind of the backgrounds and, uh, you know, just this, this broad background that I do have as being a veteran, a school teacher, a businessman, mm-hmm. uh, and now as a county commissioner, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a really good background. I think I can really understand the needs of our community with that broad uh, uh, and depth of uh, experiences and leadership. Yeah, and what was some of the uh, big things you kind of learned and, you know, maybe was, a, you know, kind of taken back from at first when you transitioned, you know, especially out of that classroom, leaving the middle school environment and really kind of digging into uh, local government as well, because we all know that it's such a unique beast no matter what level you're at. Sure. And so one of the things that uh, I knew I'd be doing a lot of uh, work on uh, because it's what I ran on uh, when I was running for county commissioner and what I got a lot of feedback from the public was uh, roads and transportation and infra- infrastructure, uh, things that they care about, potholes, you know, making sure that those those roads are, are, are safe and drivable and, uh, uh, and then also public safety. Uh, understanding, uh, you know, the needs of our community. People uh, want to feel safe in their neighborhoods, in their homes, uh, and their community. And so public safety was always really important. Uh, But the thing in terms of transitioning, uh, land use policy, uh, that was something that uh, most people don't have a good handle on. They understand a few permitting things. If you're going to put a deck on in your house or uh, maybe a, a split, you know, you want to add a, a additional unit to your to your land or something. Might might have gone through some land use smaller projects, but land use takes up a lot of time because it's so important. And we're seeing that right now uh, as you talk about issues about housing affordability, uh, growth in the city, water uh, usage uh, within the city and the community and the county. Uh, those are things that uh, definitely you had to learn uh, on the job uh, coming from uh, military and, and teaching. to something that was a day to day. Requirement, you, know, you you really have to understand the land use uh, for our community. Absolutely. Well, we're up against our first break. We're going to continue the conversation with Lojinas Gonzalez, kind of dig into uh, kind of that decision to go from county commissioner into entering this fray of uh, candidates running for mayor. We're going to continue the conversation still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio as the extra. Welcome back to the extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers, joined in studio this hour by by Lujinos Gonzalez, a current county commissioner, also candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs. And I guess the the big question with this is, uh, Lujinos, why did you decide to uh, throw your hat in the ring and decide to uh, run for mayor? 
Well, thanks. Uh, no, and again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it's just kind of my background. I wanted to give back to my community, which is why I served in the military, why I served as a teacher, uh, served at my church, uh, and uh, what I think I've learned uh, as being a county commissioner for the last several years uh, is that I thought that translates to uh, uh, to the city as well, and I, I think I could be the right voice for our community uh, and uh, being an advocate for, for the city of Colorado Springs. Uh, I did believe, uh, based on my, again, broad experience as a commissioner, uh, school teacher, uh, veteran, uh, and businessman, that I have the right experience and leadership skills uh, and conservative values that match our community. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's why I'm running and uh, wanting to be a voice and advocate for uh, our residents here in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wanted to run on, uh, you know, emphasizing and prioritizing the things that I've heard from the community over these last several years. Uh, again, public safety. Uh, always, always at the top of what government should be doing to provide for the safety and well, uh, welfare of our uh, our residents, and making sure that they feel safe in their community. Uh, improving our roads and infrastructure. Uh, Want to make sure that we do that and continue to improve that. Uh, and then, uh, what's becoming a, a bigger and bigger, uh, uh, more important thing lately uh, is the water and growth and housing concerns mm-hmm. uh, of uh, a growing population here. Uh, as we continue to con- continue to grow, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we're looking at any uh, long-term water issues and growth issues for our, uh, local residents. Yeah, and you know, uh, you'd mentioned that uh, you're representing District Four on the County Commission, which is kind of that southeast corner of El Paso County. You're a resident of Southeast Colorado Springs, so uh, what are some of the big issues that uh, you've kind of noticed representing those portions that uh, really people might think might be isolated to one area of town, but are really universal across uh, really a diverse city that we have here in Colorado Springs? Sure, again, and, and improving roads is one of those things uh, that uh, definitely hits our community there. and we want, Everybody in the city wants to uh, take pride in their community, and what, that's one of the things that really can be seen, uh, whether your roads are in good shape or not. And uh, so we want to make sure we address that. The other thing is clearly uh, rising crime across the country and uh, across Colorado, uh, but we saw it here in Colorado Springs as well. Uh, increased uh, uh, crime in, in general, uh, homicide rate went up, and uh, so we need to definitely address uh, crime and. Uh, Prioritizing public safety is one of those things that can help that. And so I'm going to absolutely do that and put an emphasis there. Uh, we're going to do a review uh, if it requires uh, an additional salary study uh, to see how we can better uh, equip, equip, train our uh, existing uh, police force and first responders. Uh, if it, uh, And it definitely means improving our retention and recruiting because uh, Colorado Springs police force is undermanned at this point. It's uh, below their uh, uh, their. Um, their numbers, and we want to make sure that uh, we correct that uh, so that we are taking uh, uh, make a, making efficient use and, imp- and improving our uh, police force. Uh, we've got some good people there. I've worked with them. Uh, I also uh, previous uh, came off about a year and a half ago, was on the city's uh, public safety sales tax oversight committee, mm-hmm. uh, and so they take uh, one of the uh, uh, sales tax, uh, city sales tax that uh, only funds uh, police and fire. Uh, I was on that uh, city board for six years, uh, uh, last served as their chair uh, before I came off. Uh, and so uh, I've been able to work with them and understand the, the needs of them uh, and, and our community. And I think I can help better address and improve uh, uh, the uh, the statistics. Uh, one of the things the previous uh, f- uh, police chief mentioned was uh, some of the call response times 
uh, were uh, uh, not up to standard. And we need to make sure, uh, whether that's personnel or training or uh, software, uh, we've got to improve that. And uh, I've got a plan to uh, look into that and to get uh, make those improvements. Perfect. And you know, this will be the uh, the third strong mayor that we're having here in Colorado Springs. Of course, you know, we had Mayor Bach, Mayor Souther. So how do you see that uh, position kind of growing as uh, we're really kind of getting into stride as far as having that full-time employed mayor versus the kind of ceremonial mayor that we'd had for so many years prior? Sure. Uh, well, so the mayor is going to do continue to do important things. Uh, one of the thing, the most important things that the mayor does uh, is – uh, help present and uh, form an annual budget uh, that gets presented to uh, city council. And then city council gets to uh, make any amendments and changes, and they're the ones who actually approve it. Uh, but it's being drafted from the mayor's office, and so that's something very important. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that I've demonstrated in my uh, last several years is somebody who has uh, strong experience uh, in handling budgets, at the county level, and then when I was in the military as a deputy director of uh, the entire Air Force intelligence uh, uh, operations, uh, was handling uh, multi hundred million dollar budgets uh, for uh, for projects, uh, and so uh, those are the kind of things that you need to have the experience of, and I have that, uh, and so I think understanding the budget, and then also being a voice for our community advocating for our community. Uh, I have that experience at the county, uh, at the state level, when uh, the legislature and with the governor, uh, and uh, when they come uh, come forward and propose bills, uh, I'm advocating for or against uh, on issues for our community. If it affects uh, our local community here, our region, our county, I'm there to be an advocate and a voice. And then uh, the mayor very important role that they advocate for our businesses and our residents, uh, helping to bring in those uh, and encourage the uh, uh, job growth expansions here or new jobs to be brought here. Uh, that person needs to be a voice and advocate, and I think my military experience brings helps as well because there are so many defense contracting jobs uh, here as well, as well as other business jobs. And again, me being a businessman as well, uh, I, I think I've got that broad experience that can really help that mayor's position be uh, the strong voice for our community. Absolutely. And you know, when we first made that transition, I remember a number of headlines and really covering kind of a, a contentious relationship between the mayor's office and council as kind of those growing pains kind of got settled out. You know, how do you see that relationship between uh, the mayor's office, the city administration, as well as the council and you're really moving ahead knowing that uh, you have that experience you know kind of working on that kind of council side right now in the commission then moving over to maybe you know what would say would be the opposite side as far as you know that kind of standalone administrative side no and that's a great question and that actually is how i got involved in politics i i did see that old uh from uh, two two uh, two mayors ago, uh, a little bit of a conflict between city council and mayor's office, and so uh, I, I started paying a lot more attention to the local politics, and that's what helped, what got me involved. And, and I've always wanted to work collaboratively, and that's something I stress. You need to have those good, strong relationships within the community and within all our elected officials here locally. Uh, and so I strive to do that, and I think I've. I have that. And so when we see things like we uh, just a year and a half ago approved a joint city and county uh, annexation uh, intergovernmental uh, agency agreement, uh, this IGA that helps us uh, better plan long-term growth between the city and the, and the county, uh, those are things because we collaborated with the city. And, and I want to continue to do that. And one of the first things I want to do as mayor, and I've already called for this uh, uh, 
even just two months ago. Well, let's bring the community together, the stakeholders, as it relates to water issues, long-term water and uh, community uh, growth, housing. Uh, let's sit down, get these uh, conversations going so that we can come up with a long-term strategic plan on how to make sure we take care of our water, make sure we're taking care of our long-term uh, growth needs for the community. Uh, and, and I think I've been able to do that already. I've demonstrated it, and I'm going to continue to do that as your next mayor. Absolutely. And, you know, as a, you know, with your history, serving on a number of boards in town as well, as well as the county commission, what were some of the uh, biggest lessons that you've learned that uh, you think is really going to help you uh, in this transition if elected mayor? Sure. Uh, Sometimes it's just reaching out and taking that first step. Uh, You know, we've got expertise in different areas. I'm not the expert in everything. Clearly, that's not something that one person can do. You've got to make sure you've got those collaborations, the partnerships, bringing in the uh, uh, the nonprofits, bringing in the other uh, non-city or county government entities that exist, uh, bringing in our community leaders and voices, whether it's churches, school boards, school superintendents, depending on the need, reaching out and getting the right people uh, to sit down to help address any of these issues because uh, we want to make sure we have the best advice, the best input, and I want to make sure I have Numerous town halls, getting the public input, because guess what? A lot of those best ideas are coming from the public. Absolutely. We have to uh, step away for a short break. We'll have a check of traffic of uh, local and national headlines as well. If people want to get some more information in the meantime, uh, kind of in the middle of this, what's the best way to uh, get more information about you? Sure. They can go to my website at gonzalesformayor.com. That's G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z for mayor.com. GonzalezForMayor.com. We're going to continue the conversation with Lujinos Gonzalez, a candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs, on the next side of this break, right here on KRDO News Radio's The Extra. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I am your host, Andrew Rogers. Joining me in studio this hour is Lojinos Gonzalez, candidate for Colorado Springs mayor. And, you know, Lojinos, before the break, during the first half hour, we talked a lot about kind of the background, the job itself. Let's talk a little bit about this city and some of the biggest issues that you see facing Colorado Springs right now. And I guess we'll kind of start with that. What are the largest issues you currently see facing our city? Okay, and again, uh, kind of goes back to what I, I had as my priorities. Uh, so public safety, uh, improving roads and infrastructure, uh, and again, addressing the long-term water needs and the, the growth and housing concerns for our, our, our great and wonderful city. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we address those public safety uh, needs uh, with the police and fire, uh, making sure that uh, they are properly staffed and trained, uh, and uh, then uh, – uh, again, getting additional money to our roads and infrastructure because we can make, make sure our communities, uh, that infrastructure is sound uh, so that uh, the communities can be uh, uh, safe uh, and that it, that helps our businesses as well when you have uh, uh, improved the roads and infrastructure. Uh, and I think I have a history of doing uh, both of that uh, in my time as a county commissioner, getting additional funds to those areas. Uh, and then uh, working to address our housing needs, uh, the growth uh, and uh, water concerns. I want to make sure that we have a sit down with our community members and our stakeholders uh, so that we can uh, uh, have a strategic plan on how do we address our, uh, our growing, the growing needs of our community. Uh, we want to make sure that we're providing for infill. You know, it, it's more efficient to grow in, in mm-hmm. the city than to expand where you already have existing services, uh, water lines, utilities. Uh, access to police and fire stations uh, nearby. Uh, maximizing and making efficient use of those essential services is going to help 
keep the costs down uh, as we develop and build. Uh, then, of course, uh, there's always going to have to be some sort of growth. Uh, and so how do you do that strategically and smartly? So let's get together, make sure that we plan for long-term growth that takes advantage of infilling into the city, but then uh, making smart decisions of where growth can happen so that we maximize the efficient use of our uh, police, fire, utilities uh, connections where we can. So uh, I'll make sure that we address that. Uh, and one of the things that people have been also bringing up, uh, mm-hmm. parks, making sure we're taking care of our parks. I moved back here because of my uh, my love for the outdoors and this, uh, the community and the, and the vast beauty here. Uh, so let's make sure we're also addressing some of these other things. Uh, and I want to make sure we do that. But uh, again, prioritizing our public safety, police and fire, roads and infrastructure, and addressing the water and growth needs. Yeah, and you know when we're, when we're talking about that that need for housing and kind of development and uh, economic growth in the city, you know there's always that fine line as far as balance. And you even mentioned right now kind of balancing the needs of that development and especially looking at infill. But sometimes those infill opportunities, unless you know there is a big dilapidated lot of land, which we don't have that many, thankfully, around here in Colorado Springs. But, uh, you know, how do you balance that with the need for continued parks and open spaces as well? Right. And and that's why we need to have that community involvement and that public input. Uh, There are some infill areas. I have uh, one just down the street from where I live and there's others. Uh, Let's take advantage of that. Uh, But let's let's get together. Let's figure out where those areas are uh, that makes sense strategically to grow. Uh, It makes sense east and south uh, of the city uh, for there's available space, but uh, there may not be water connections yet. And so uh, how do we best and smartly do that? Uh, The other things we can do, we can invest. uh, There are some, I've at the county level, I was a member before on our uh, uh, liaison to our housing authority. Uh, and so there's uh, there are federal funds, state funds there that can help us also uh, uh, bring online some additional housing units. Uh, and so uh, maximizing those funds, uh, which with perhaps also taking advantage of matching funds and then some nonprofits. Uh, so if we can uh, get all the players together, uh, we can also help incentivize and uh, develop uh, additional housing uh, for uh, uh, more workforce uh, uh level, uh, entry-level housing, uh, and to help also bring down some of those costs. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of debate right now and kind of continuing that discussion of development. There was a lengthy debate over the summer here in Colorado Springs when it came to uh, some of that evacuation technology, even some new development, new proposals as far as some infill housing needs uh, and some former businesses over at the end of uh, Garden of the Gods and 30th, but also mixing concerns from existing neighbors with evacuation, knowing that uh, really those memories of the Waldo Canyon fire, even though they're now a decade plus old, are still very present for many. So how how do we discuss that, knowing that we also have those kind of needs as well in one part of the city development-wise, but you have another side very flat, barren, but also have those transportation needs that could maybe mirror what we saw in Boulder County just a few years ago as far as how the, some of these more recent fires have spread? No, that's a great example of why uh, you can't just have uh, blanket decisions uh, across the entire city uh, and community because you have this uh, diversity of uh, type of housing needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the west side, you've ac- absolutely highlighted something that's a great concern to, to everybody and the residents there in particular and, and me as well, uh, evacuation. Uh, safety, wildfire concerns, these are things that I, uh, need to be uh, taken into account uh, anytime there's a, 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 a planning development uh, in, that's being, uh, that may be uh, uh, taken into account and looked at. Uh, and uh, I absolutely think we need to make sure that that software, the evacuation uh, 
uh, statistics are taken into account, the traffic patterns, uh, and uh, that we do listen to our residents out there. Uh, I do have a good experience in the military emergency management. Uh, down in my area, we had the uh, the Carson Midway fire as well as the uh, 117 fires, and so the experience in working with those and understanding the needs of the community uh, and the, the hazards and dangers that go uh, with uh, growth. Uh, and so I absolutely want to make sure we update the software so that we take into account any of those evacuation numbers and statistics and helping us make smart decisions. Uh, and if that means limiting uh, the unit numbers on the west side, well, then that's something that needs to be addressed and looked at. Uh, and if it says this is the smart way to develop, let, let's look at that too. But I want public input, uh, and I want to make sure that we're using smart software uh, and technology that gives us that information, uh, as you mentioned, on evacuation to make sure that we're not p- placing residents' uh, safety uh, in jeopardy. Absolutely. Uh, you know, another mention, you know, issue that you brought up as far as development, and I don't think I'm really breaking any news to you here, is that uh, the city of Colorado Springs for a number of years now has really lacked as far as a good east-west corridor. Really, that transportation east-west has been lacking for so many years. So what, if anything, can we do with that? I know there's been some proposals, and really that's already getting some feedback, you know, a lot of negative pushback from the uh, community as well as far as extending Constitution. But what, if anything, can be done as far as easing some of those traffic concerns, especially knowing that, for the most part, a lot of the uh, growth is coming on that east side of Colorado Springs? No, a good question. And uh, one of the things, I, I did go listen to the conversation, uh, I think it was two weekends ago mm-hmm. now, and they're going to have another one this Saturday. Uh, so I want to get there as well and to listen to the input. Uh, I want to look at the all options. Uh, right now, the city is placing one uh, potential option. Uh, let's find out what all the options are and look at it uh, because uh, uh, you absolutely uh, have have brought up uh, the right point is uh, how do we uh, address these traffic patterns and uh, the issues with congestion uh, north, south, east, and west. Uh, As things go uh, move further east, that congestion may not be quite as bad on the east-west, but uh, it it clearly does happen during the the rush hour uh, uh, periods. And so I want to make sure that we're looking at that. I I plan on being there Saturday to listen to the public input and to the city's presentation, Uh, but I I have already gotten uh, uh, some – uh, doing my research on that, uh, and but we've got to con- continue this conversation, see how c- we can best do that. Uh, but there might be other uh, uh, venues, uh, east or west, to look at. Uh, I'd like to see all the options. Right now, I'm just seeing one option. I'd like to see the other ones. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned water as well, and that's also been a really recent debate uh, with the city of Colorado Springs, uh, that recently approved ordinance that they had that pushed back, you know, some annexation unless there was, I believe it's now 128% of future water needs available. Is is that enough in your mind as far as the needs to uh, protect our very valuable water resources, but also knowing that uh, the city really, besides some infill, really needs to find somewhere to expand? Yeah, and water's water needs is critical, and that's why I've been stressing this for years. Uh, I was a, a, a an advocate for the county updating our water master plan, which we did uh, just about two years ago, uh, because these are the great concerns uh, for our community, and and the community can't grow uh, can't grow smartly uh, without addressing these needs. So I want I actually wanted the conversations to have started before this. 
uh, and continue to advocate for that. Uh, they still have one more vote on that. I actually believe they need to delay, delay that vote until this conversation happens with all the stakeholders because uh, mm-hmm. uh, the city has been doing this kind of on their own. Uh, they've got some experts, uh, and that's fine. It's a, it's a city uh, decision. Yeah. Uh, but I think we need to bring in all the stakeholders and the county. Uh, the county has a, uh, a, a joint city-county IGA in place on annexations. Uh, my concern is how does this affect that? That has not been presented to us on whether it affects that IGA or not. So I, I still have some questions I'd like to see answered before they do a final vote. Uh, particularly, where did these numbers come from? There was uh, some questions on who, who proposed the uh, uh, the numbers and, and whether that benefits a certain developer or not. Uh, uh, those are questions that just need to be answered, and I'd like those answered first. Absolutely. You know, and I'd be remiss to say, you know, we, we touched a lot about the needs as far as, you know, policing numbers but as well but we saw you know that that tragic video coming out of memphis last week with uh tyree nichols uh what are your thoughts as far as the overall you know kind of position and uh kind of training of police officers with the community knowing that uh, as mayor you would really be setting a lot of these policies hand in hand with chief vasquez sure and so one of the things that's really important is making sure we've got good people in our ranks Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. So when you hire, you want to hire good people uh, and then get them trained uh, into becoming good police officers. Uh, so we want somebody who's already got that potential and you know that's going to be moral and just and treat people right uh, and, and then get them trained properly to be good uh, police officers, right? And yeah. and so, But you want to make sure you got the character and the moral values uh, in our police force. Uh, and any bad apples that might be out there, we want to make sure they're not on our force. But uh, I've worked with uh, our men and women in blue for many, many years now. Again, I've been always on the city uh, committee uh, with the public safety, uh, and I know we've got great people. Uh, but uh, if we can improve training, let's do that. If we can continue to recruit and retrain and uh, uh, and retain these the good ones, uh, let's do that. Uh, but I know we have a good strong force. Uh, we can always do a little bit better. Uh, but I want to make sure they have the best training so that uh, they can handle situations like they should uh, in a, a proper. Uh, respectful and professional manner. Uh, and I've seen that uh, my day-to-day when I've interacted with them. Uh, but I want to make sure that we're continuing to do the right things for our community and bring our community leaders together. I've already done this in the last several months. Last year, I participated in two uh, community uh, law enforcement forums uh, in the south and southeast areas of the Springs, brought the community together. We had law enforcement leaders, the DA. Uh, uh, I moderated one, and then I participated in one as a uh, Uh, county commissioner. And so bringing that dialogue together so that our community members and our police force and first uh, first responders have pride in our uh, rank and file and have pride from our community members as well. And I think think we can do that. And I want to make sure that we continue to bring those conversations together. And I'm going to participate in those as the mayor. Absolutely. We have to take uh, one more break. We're going to continue our conversation, wrap things up with Lajinos Gonzalez on the next side right here on KRDO News Radio is the Extra. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. Wrapping things up with uh, Lajinos Gonzalez, candidate for Colorado Springs Mayor. You know, one final question that we didn't have time at the last, uh, and really as a county commissioner, value your opinion on this. What do you see as far as the uh, the future relationship between the county and city, knowing that even within Colorado Springs city limits, it almost looks like Swiss cheese a little bit with the different, you know, kind of pockets or enclaves where it's not within city limits, you know, the Mark Shuffle Corridor, Cimarron Hills, even some areas, you know, along Austin Bluffs. Sure. And I think we've got a strong relationship with the city and the county. Again, we IGAs, mm-hmm. uh, collaboration on many, many things. Uh, one of the areas that uh, would be good is if 
if the city annexed a few of those, uh, as you talked about, the Swiss cheese uh, areas, unincorporated areas within the city, uh, I think that would better manage. Uh, we did turn over some uh, a portion of Mark Shuffle to the city uh, just this uh, late last year. Uh, so that, I think, also helps improve some of that situation. Uh, but it's something I would clearly advocate for is uh, uh, helping in, uh, improve those areas by taking on a few more of those pockets uh, of unincorporated that reside within Colorado Springs. I think it makes sense. Yeah, and I know a lot of people kind of get turned off by the word annexation and automatically get those red flags. But as you mentioned, you know, it's already really bordered within there. It's surrounded pretty much by, the city. Surrounded by the yeah. city. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, just picture, you know, kind of come June, July, anywhere that has the fireworks stands or those little pockets and uh, would be very easy to uh, – kind of confuse them for Colorado Springs if you weren't looking at that proper map. Yeah, and most people think that they uh, that would drive through there would think they're in Colorado Springs, and, and it just may be a couple of blocks, but they're technically an unincorporated and then immediately back into the city. But it, it, it's also it's all within the area of Colorado Springs. Absolutely. Well, he knows if anyone, again, wants to get more information about you, maybe dig deeper into some specific topics that are uh, really passion points for you or get involved with the, uh, the race, what's the best way to get uh, more information? Sure. They should go to my website at gonzalezformayor.com that's g-o-n-z-a-l-e-z for mayor.com uh, all spelled out uh, I, I think i've got the right background uh, for uh, being the next mayor of colorado springs uh, the experience uh, leadership skills con- good conservative values that match our community uh, i believe in fiscal restraint limited government low taxes uh, and uh, you know being a voice for the people and an advocate for the people uh, because uh, that's our primary jo- uh, job as mayor and any uh, community leader elected official uh, is being a voice for our community Absolutely. So, I'm, so I'm asking for people to vote for Lojinos Gonzalez for mayor. Absolutely. The uh, the election is coming up on April 4th. Those ballots should be coming out uh, really before we know it as well. Again, there's 12 candidates. Uh, we're going to do our best to feature everyone possible. We've reached out to every candidate here on KRDO News Radio offering the same time. Lojinos, we appreciate your time joining us here uh, today on KRDO News Radio and kind of kicking this off. Well, thank you very much. Uh, again, I just think that broad background as a veteran, uh, commissioner, school teacher, and businessman, uh, really, really, I can be that that strong advocate for us. Absolutely. Again, for more information, just head on over to gonzalezformayor.com. Well, that does it here for KRDO News Radio. It's the extra. We have the Tom Martino Troubleshooter Show still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio. And, of course, if you've missed any of our conversation, we'll post it over at krdo.com.